It's time for a new era for the United States women's national team. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Backheel Show. My name is Joe Lowry, and on this episode, we're talking about what went wrong for the U.S. en route to being eliminated by Sweden in the World Cup's round of 16, and what comes next for this program. We'll talk about all of that in 10 minutes or less, because here on the Backheel Show, we believe that just because soccer games are 90 minutes long, or in the case of the U.S.'s loss to Sweden in extra time and penalties, 120 minutes, doesn't mean that soccer podcasts have to be. So, let's get to it and talk soccer. When we're talking about the U.S.'s failure at the 2023 World Cup, it's not just a failure because the U.S. lost, right? Losing is part of the equation, but truly you can't go on winning World Cups forever, right? There's too much talent and depth in the international soccer landscape for that to happen. The U.S. was coming in hoping for a three-peat, but it shouldn't really surprise anyone that they couldn't get over the line. Winning knockout tournaments is really, really hard, especially when competition around the U.S. is getting better, and when those tournaments in the first place are designed to create chaos and parody so that they're more entertaining. That's part of why we love World Cups and knockout-style tournaments so much. So being eliminated for the U.S. then to Sweden over the weekend in penalty kicks by the narrowest of narrow margins, that's part of the U.S.'s failure, but it's not all of it. It's not even the biggest part. You can't control fully results. But you can get very, very, very close to controlling the process that leads to those results. And that, folks, has been the biggest issue for the United States under Vlatko Andonovsky. It's the biggest factor behind their recent failures. I mean, just think back to the 2021 Olympics in Tokyo. The team finished with a bronze medal, but that medal may have even flattered their performances in that competition. The U.S. couldn't build up the ball. They couldn't progress the ball into the final third. They couldn't create chances when they did actually get it into the final third. They were dismal, even with roster changes that were supposed to give them a refresh. They appeared to learn very, very little from that point to this World Cup failure. They struggled to find attacking quality and moments to really let that quality shine through. We witnessed poor attacking performance after poor attacking performance from the United States. We saw little to no rhythm and build up and even less care and precision in the final third. And this has been a theme, right? This has been a theme and this is the issue with the U.S.'s process, or at least the, the old process. Hopefully we'll see a refresh here soon. Think back to 2021, even before the Olympics. The U.S. was pumping in crosses all the time. They crossed the ball 42 times in a very narrow victory over Canada in a She Believes Cup game back in February of 2021. Then last fall, the U.S. was super reliant on the wide areas. They were not capable of really digging into the middle of the field, finding space in Zone 14, and creating chances from there. They ended up losing games to England, Spain, and Germany in a row, which became the team's first three-game losing streak since 1993. We've talked about that here on this very show. We talked about it at the time. There are lots of issues. Think about against Wales in the send-off game for the United States. They couldn't create chances until the end of the game when Wales got stretched and the U.S. finally had obvious green grass to exploit. The U.S. has been limited consistently under Vlako Andonovsky. They've struggled to find better opportunities than their opponents. And even in the game against Sweden, where they did have the better opportunities, they still didn't have a lot of good opportunities. Too many came from outside the box or from really bad angles inside the 18 Poor decision-making from players, stemming at least in part from coaching decisions and errors in roster construction and tactical approaches. All of those things led to what we saw. Then over the last almost four years under Vlako Andonovsky, a disorganized team lacking any real sense of cohesion in the attack 
on a consistent basis. At this point, under Andonovsky, the U.S. allowed the margins between them and the rest of the world to thin to the point where there's really no gap separating them from other elite national teams. It's not to say the sky is falling. The talent is still very, very real. This team is still capable under any manager of being in any game at any time, but they're no longer, at least they were no longer under Vlako Andonovsky, able to really press any sort of advantage against the opposition. And as a result, we saw a loss at the Olympics where they failed objectively at that tournament in terms of the results and the performances. And the same goes for this group at the 2023 World Cup. Given all of that, Vlako Andonovsky will not be back. Yes, his contract ends at the end of the year, which doesn't make much sense to me when you know the World Cup ends sometime in August, but his contract ends at the end of this calendar year. But we are all assuming and believing that there will be a, a departure from Vlako Andonovsky before then, either because he'll get fired or there'll be some sort of amicable split and the U.S. will go on and find a new manager. That's really the next step for Matt Crocker as sporting director of U.S. soccer and Kate Margraff as the current general manager of the U.S. women's national team, although maybe she will no longer be in that post after this World Cup when Blackco was under her authority and she clearly did not feel a need to respond to any of the many red flags along the way. There's a chance we see some reshuffling there like we did on the men's side after the 2022 World Cup in terms of that general manager position not existing or at least not looking the same. But either way, whether it's Crocker and Margraff or Crocker without Margraff, the key for the U.S. is to go out and, and find a new manager. That's the next step for this team. Vlatko Andonovsky never really had the answers. And I'm hesitant to put too much blame ever on a manager because they're not the ones out there kicking the ball around, right? They're not playing chess with chess pieces. They're trying to instill some principles and some ideas in a team that then allows those players to come together, have an idea of what they want to do as a group, and play as 11 instead of 1 and 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 1, right? That's the idea behind what a manager does. But their control in soccer is limited. Still, Vlako Andonovsky never fulfilled, never reached the potential of the limited control that he had. It's time then to find someone else who's going to come and fill in. Now, who that person is, is not especially clear, right? In terms of the American soccer landscape, the manager options that are American at least in quality, are fairly few and far between. Laura Harvey is currently coaching O.L. Reign in the NWSL and has had some success there and is talked about as an option. She's been inside U.S. soccer before, but her team doesn't really inspire you. Her O.L. Reign team doesn't really inspire when you watch them. It doesn't feel like they're making themselves into more than the sum of their parts. They play fairly pragmatically. Maybe that would help the U.S. to really lean all the way into that in a way that they never did under Vlatko Andonovsky. The challenge for the United States in terms of American-born coaches is there just aren't a lot of good ones right now. And that has been a real issue in terms of coaching development. And hopefully that's something that is addressed after the obvious issues at this World Cup, even after a lot of the, the red and dark orange flags were ignored en route to the World Cup. So it could be an American. I would lean, though, towards someone outside of U.S. soccer, someone who's never really been in this sphere before. I think about someone like Serena Wiegmann, who's currently coaching England and led the Netherlands to the 2019 World Cup final when they lost to the U.S. I think about someone like Futoshi Ikeda, who's currently having a ton of success with Japan, really doing good work there, and they've been one of the best teams at this entire World Cup. I think about Emma Hayes, would probably take a lot for all of these coaches to leave their current situations, but she's currently in charge of Chelsea, has won the last four league titles with Chelsea over in England has done a lot of good work on the tactical side, clearly has a good grasp of the game. We've seen that from her broadcast work, even from getting to listen to her on the sidelines when her voice is picked up by a microphone. 
I think about those individuals as real options for U.S. soccer. The good news for them is that the USWNT manager position still has a lot of pull, right? There's a lot of appeal. It's still likely the biggest job in women's soccer when the club game is is trying to catch up to the national team game rather than the other way around, like it is on the men's side. So U.S. soccer should not have a hard time finding a qualified candidate. The question, though, after they rode with Flacco and Donofsky for so long and let themselves be carried forward towards failure— The question is, will they go out and actually find a capable candidate? I'm hopeful that they will. I don't know if we should be optimistic that they will or not. Crocker is a new voice, and hopefully that is a good sign for U.S. soccer. But what comes next on the managerial side is the first obstacle for the United States ahead of the Olympics in Paris, which start in less than 12 months. There's a lot to do for this team. There's a lot to evaluate and recover from. We'll get to see how U.S. soccer fares in these key months of decision-making that they have ahead of them. That's it for this episode of the Backheel Show. If you enjoyed this chat about the U.S. women's national team, go check out Backheel.com for plenty more coverage of that group after their World Cup failure. And now in this period of uncertainty, we've got plenty more over there. Check it out and subscribe. For now, we'll talk to you again real soon. 